with you. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. So, are you, you want to be stronger? Yep. Okay. So let's start there. Like, don't, don't, you don't need to call yourself weak or anything. So definitely don't do it to your kids. And I think we're doing it unintentionally. Don't, don't, definitely don't do it to other kids. Um, but even sometimes with parents, like in joking, we'll say things like, oh yeah, my kid's clumsy. Uh, oh, my kid's unathletic. very unathletic. Yeah. They probably can't do that. You know, I think, you know, clumsy, not a positive word, unathletic, slow, like, you know, I just picky it, eater is another yeah, one. Picky then. eater. Like just, if it's not a positive word, it just does not need to be said. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. We are excited to have you with us and thrilled to have the opportunity to improve together. We believe that by paying close attention to our mindset, movement, sleep, stress, nutrition, and network, we can create the life we were intended to live. Here is to a stronger, healthier, happier you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Stronger, Healthier, Happier podcast. This is episode 50, I believe. Woo! Nice. And I also love your intro voice. <laughs> December 31st, so we made our goal of 50 before <laughs> the new year. <laughs> Just kidding. It's actually January... 26th. Right. But people don't know when we record it or when we release it, so I could have lied that's to you and got away with it. That's we true. That is true. would have never known, but no, just bugging. We are... Always spitting the truth on this podcast, hey, to the best of our abilities. That's right. All right, episode 50, uh, what's new, Jen? Well, I am super proud of myself. I went right out of my comfort zone and signed up for a drawing class. <sighs> Amazing. Way to go. Yeah, it's it's been something that I've, well, not necessarily drawing specifically, but I've wanted to sign up for an art class for a while, just for no real reason, just to get better at something. Um, it was funny, in the class, the instructor, this is his first time teaching the course, and he was absolutely adorable, but he was kind of asking, you know, what's your experience, and um, like, what are you hoping to get out of it? And many of us said that we'd sort of like to take our drawing from like the grade two, three level into dimensions in the real world. <laughs> I feel like my, you know, in quotations house has looked the exact same since like it kind of develops to a certain point and then it's just, it just stopped developing. Um, and it's been the same ever since I can say the same thing for humans. Um, oh yeah, when Pax asked me to draw a dog and I, yeah, I'm like side view. Go to the side, always yeah. the side. <laughs> All animals are from the side. <laughs> so anyways, I'm just, yeah, looking forward to it. I am proud of you also, Jen. Um, I think the lesson here that we could take away is um, trying new things. And I think going for things that you're not good at. Yes. You're, you know, I, I don't think. Which I've typically, which I typically would steer clear of. Yeah. I think we all kind of do yeah. in a way, but I, I think. We like to do things that we're good at, and we generally don't like to do things we're not good at. Um, but doing things that make us nervous builds confidence, builds grit, builds resiliency. So I always think it's good to um, try to do the opposite of we're feeling anxious or nervous. So 
our brain is putting up stop signs and I think we have to start like recognizing like those signs uh, and those feelings aren't helping us. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, a little pitch for the gym here, everybody, but people are always nervous to start the gym. Um, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't start. Like mm-hmm. we have to sometimes go for things. I think you were nervous for your first class or just signing up in general. Yeah. Um, I think, and I, I think like what, you know, what was my, my biggest fear? Did you ask me that? Like, what's your biggest fear? It's like, well, I just kind of, hey, are you, are they you make me hold up my drawing and it's, it's by far clearly the worst one. And it was just kind of like, and the whole okay, class this is booze. You but like, the this class? is just <laughs> ridiculous. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yes. well, if I worked hard on it, like I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Or we worry about things that, again, no one's going to boo you or laugh at you. I, yeah. I would hope not. But even if they did, I just, yeah, I just think, um, yeah, as we get older and we mature, um, I think it's just important to stay young at heart. We expect kids to learn how to ride a bike and fall down and get up and fall down and get up. And we expect kids to learn how to swim or skate and fall down and get up and fall mm-hmm. down and get up. But somewhere along the line... I don't know if it's in our teens, well, we stop doing those things, but we <laughs> definitely as adults, we, um, we, so we expect those things of our kids, but then sometimes as grown ups, we don't do those things anymore. We, things that make us nervous. We just, we just steer clear. Yeah. In the book that I'm reading, it's called grit. Um, and I should know the author's name, but I'll get it in a second. Um, she talks about how like babies and toddlers actually have no qualms at all. They have, they don't appear. I mean, I guess they can't really speak, but they don't appear to be that disheveled by, you know, falling when learning to walk and then trying again and then falling and trying again, or, you know, not being able to to get the block into the right um, hole or anything like that. And then they said somewhere around kindergarten and it has nothing to do. Oh, it's Angela Duckworth grit, the power of power of passion and perseverance. So I'm loving that so far. Um, But she kind of says it's somewhere around that kindergarten mark. And it's not so much them, it's the adults around them that make a reaction when they get something wrong. And they essentially learn that errors are wrong. And then for a lot of us, that's sort of interpreted as don't stick out your neck for something that you know you can't succeed at because you might be wrong or you might fail. And then that can kind of dictate like much of your, like the actions that you choose. And um, anyways, yeah, it's just an interesting thought that and I think it goes with today's topic as well is just that some ha- sometimes our reactions or adults reactions in our life, you know, cause us to feel that guilt and shame. Um around our common mistakes so i see a lot in adults i would just if, if i'm calling you out right now um i guess i'm sorry i'm not sorry but the one i see and hear a lot of uh, in our world is like i hate burpees <laughs> i hate burpees or i hate running or i hate snatches and and like a hundred percent of the time um like i don't want to be rude about it but i'm kind of want to say like well you you hate burpees because you're not good at them right nobody ever really says i hate the following when they're good at it so sometimes i think we have to just even just start with the language as grown-ups like even if you're not good at burpees that's okay i have no problem with that you could say like yeah i'm i'm not good at burpees yet i would like that language i'm not Mm -hmm. good at burpees yet or they're not my favorite they're not my favorite yet 
But every time someone says, I hate burpees, you're kind of just like, you're, you're keeping that cycle going of, I'm you don't like at. things yeah. and I like to avoid things I'm not good at. Because um, mm-hmm. ultimately, if we're interested in getting better, um, you know, getting more grit, more resiliency, we kind of have to attack areas we're not good at. Yeah. And ultimately, if we focus on just like the workout and the burpees, if you've already kind of pre-set that mentality, oh, I hate this movement, as you could imagine in that workout, it's very easy to then quit or give up on yourself because you've already sort of predetermined, told your brain like, I hate these, I'm not good at them versus, eh, they're just burpees. Like I just got to keep moving. Plus, if you hate something and avoid it, you also can't get better at it. So sometimes the thing you hate is perhaps the thing you need the most. Yeah. Somebody hates burpees because they're not good at them. Kind of like newsflash, you probably need to do burpees and make peace with them. Mm-hmm. Yes, make to, peace. That's a good word. don't have to marry burpees, but you could <laughs> like them a little bit. Um, but even with like, yeah, I'm just if someone's like, oh, I hate public speaking. Um, it's like, okay, like you don't have to go into the career of public speaking. However, usually in school, university, or in life, mm-hmm. you're going to have to perhaps talk in front of other people your age. So instead of just hating public speaking and avoiding it, be like, okay, how can I like it a bit more? How can I get a bit better? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so Jen will give us some updates on her drawing abilities yes. and we look forward to that uh, new journey in your life Jen <laughs> um, yeah I think a big for me on that topic let's keep this quick so we can move on but for me it's uh, playing music and, and singing live like I get uh, it gets better each time but um, I played music for or guitar for I think it was like four or five years before I could sing uh, in public um, and, I, and, and to this day you know 18 years later like I still don't I don't consider myself like a good singer, but I do like to sing and I do know every time I do it, I get better. So sometimes like waiting till you're good at something is, is not a good method either. Cause 18 years later, I still feel like my singing is a bit rough, but I do really enjoy it and I want to get better. So I've just made a decision 10 years ago. I'm like, screw it. I'm just, I'm going to put the nerves aside and I get butterflies every time and I get nervous and I get voice cracks and I make mistakes, but sometimes it's just better to do than not to do. Um, yeah. Agreed. Good there. Yeah. All right. What's <laughs> first up on the, that was like probably the first topic on the agenda, but what's the next topic? <laughs> um, well, I think we are going to chat today about the notion of, you know, sort of, I guess having goals or having things that you want to accomplish in life and then letting this, you know, quote unquote busy week sort of derail them. And I'm not really talking about just one week of the year. I'm sort of talking about when, you know, week after week after week after week, things somehow seem to get derailed, like a person's goals for themselves um, because of this quote unquote busyness. And we just, yeah, I don't know. We've been chatting about it and just kind of want to unpack that a little bit. Yeah. And again, um, we could be all guilty of this, but typically where it comes from in, in our line of work is someone's loving the gym. They're coming consistently. They're working towards their goals. And then we don't see them for a few weeks. And, oh, it's it's been, a you know, I've had a busy month or I've had a busy week. And, uh, you know, if this is you, we don't know who you are. I'm not calling you out. 
we have well over a million listeners on each episode. So we're just kind of talking to everybody. And this is a very common like statement in the nutrition world, in the fitness, in other yes. like letting yes. yes, letting our life, our busy week derail us from what we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think essentially what we're trying to say to people is if your life is truly that busy, um, that you can't go after the things you want to accomplish, i.e. being stronger, healthier, happier, then perhaps we need to figure out why your life is that busy. But what we're also talking about is if, if you have a busy week every month or a busy week every third week or a busy week every second week or every week, essentially it's not a busy week. That's just regular week for you. Yes. So we kind of have to work with what we've got. We've got to stop using it's been a busy week. Um, I think that's just life. Mm-hmm. I, I think, again, we all like if we just come to the terms that we're all busy. Yeah. We're all busy with jobs or kids or activities. Mm-hmm. We're all busy. So then if we're all busy, then we're all not busy. I well, mean, we're I all think just we're all just living this regular life. We still have to find ways to fit 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 stuff in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, using a vacation or, you know, time off over the holidays, like using that as the baseline is sometimes where we start to go astray as well, because that that isn't the baseline. Like that is not normal life. That is a vacation from normal life. Normal life is sort of the busyness. Um, and you know, how much busyness you can tolerate is completely up to you. And it's, it's completely up to every family. I mean, not everyone gets to choose all the busyness, but essentially I know for myself, there is, there are people busier than me. There are people less busy than me. And so I just have to like make my own goals and figure them out in terms of my life. And I think social media plays a huge role in this in, making you feel like either you have to accomplish a lot more than you actually do um, or that you're not accomplishing enough. And so this, this, this feeling of, you know, rushing from here to there to there, um, you know, it can kind of be overwhelming, but setting or I guess not being able to do the things that you deem important. um, We just, we can't really blame it on this, you know, busyness or, anymore or yes, shouldn't if, be if our goal is to be a better version of ourself <clears throat> if you you know if you truly are too busy to go to the gym five days a week then maybe it's three days a week mm-hmm. or maybe it's zero days a week and you're going to start walking your dog more um, or you're going to get an at-home workout in because uh, again this isn't all about working out but essentially what we're getting at is we can't use busy week busy month excuse um for for not sticking to what we set out to accomplish or living a healthy happy life like i mean if if our goal is to which i think everybody whether they know it or not i we we want to be healthier and happier Mm -hmm. um and i think all how how, like nothing we need to prioritize that Mm -hmm. Um, and i know we still have to work there's other priorities there we still have to work we still have to raise our kids there's still activities there's there's always um there's always things on the to-do list Mm -hmm. but we have to find a way um because yeah busy week is just it's just not there's almost no excuse good enough um for 
putting yourself second correct yeah. or third or fourth or fifth yeah and i think it really it just this is really not coming from a place of preaching that you know we have it all figured out it's it's coming from a place where um seeing and hearing people use those words it it means that they're in a very you know kind of a headspace where they're not in control like they're not dictating those changes so you know they've set out these goals and then this you know mysterious busy week derailed them when in reality like you know the choices that were made that week by myself like you are in control of your own week and so either your goals need to be adjusted but people like we want people to feel success and you should want to feel success because living in that world where you can't accomplish anything and you've never accomplished enough at the end of the day is very mentally taxing and I mean even speaking from personal experience with myself even a year ago I just I feel like I'm in a better place in terms of my worth is not dictated on my productivity my kitchen actually doesn't need to be cleaned every night before bed spick and span that doesn't actually mean anything or do anything it can be cleaned in the morning um so yeah just reprioritizing and reminding yourself that you're in the driver's seat um, of your own life yeah and a, a super simple example because i've i've sat in my office with people to kind of discussing this and the example that we will work through together is um like let's just say someone has, is having a tough time you know being consistent with their workout so we say okay so in your perfect ideal week how m- how many days would you like to get here and someone would say five like, okay so five so i said okay what about on these Again, quote, unquote, what about on these busy weeks? On a busy week, you know, or something comes up or you got to travel for work. On these busy weeks, how many days are you going to get to the gym? And they'll usually say okay, two or three. Okay. Regular life is kind of in the middle. So we have four there. And what happens sometimes is when they realize that it doesn't have to be five or zero. Is that so perfect week they'll get five. Busy week they're gonna get three. And they'll start they'll start doing that three. So they don't need to feel guilty anymore. But sometimes people get a tiny bit derailed and instead of getting to the gym two or three days a week, they opt for the zero. Right. It's like they got derailed a little bit and they're it's the you know, I'll wait till next screw week. it mentality, yes. Um which is super, super not helpful. So um kind of understanding that it can be a bit of a a bit of a range. Um, th- there's whatever a slower week, a, a less busy week, and the busy week. But um, you know, again, if the goal is to come to the gym consistently, like a zero is not what we want, and we don't want two weeks of zeros, and then two weeks of fives. We want three, 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 three would get us to twelve, versus zero, zero, five, five gets us to ten. So the consistency wins in the end. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Good there? Okay. Mm-hmm. What do we got next? We're going to talk about kids? Yeah. Okay. Actually, we were just, and again, this is some things that we've been working through and we're trying to get better at and maybe have been brought to light by the fact that we have a young lady in the house. 
Um, yeah, PAX is three now. And yeah, I think just basically, yeah, we're not trying to preach or make anyone feel bad. These are just things that we've noticed. And that we're trying and to, we're trying to do, better. do better. Um, And I hope this topic is for, <laughs> for parents and also non-parents. I think it's just how we can parent better, you and I, and how we can also interact with kids better. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one I'm going to start with is... Um, let's start with the kind of the language stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, again, just learning over the years, I'm, I'm a big believer in, I don't like, I don't like it. So I don't do it. I don't use words to describe my kid that are not positive. Um, and I don't really like it. Um, and if anybody has done this, I'm, again, we can forgive ourselves and get better moving forward. But I, I don't like it when other people use words to describe my child or their child that aren't positive. Um, the main that aren't word, positive. That yeah. aren't positive. Sorry. Um, the main word that comes to mind is shy. I don't really don't like the word shy. Um, because naturally, Pax is, I mean, you know, this has been happening one, two. She's only three years old. So to expect a two or three year old to be like, you know, um, so outgoing and unaffected by emotions that they can walk into a room full of strangers, adults and strangers and just, Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? How's work? Bob? (laughs) How you doing? Good day at work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I had a great, great week at school. So (laughs) sometimes when we talk to toddlers, um, or kids, sometimes they just need some time to warm up. And we're very quick to, oh, are you being shy today? Mm-hmm. Or we describe our kids as, oh, they're just shy. They're just shy. And if we say the word, if I, you know, if, if I described my kid as shy, oh, she's just shy. She's just shy. You know, and that happens five, ten times a day for five, ten years. I mean, like, she's heard the, she's heard the words, she is shy like eight million times. Mm-hmm. She might start to identify as being shy. So I think for Jen and I, we're trying to raise a confident kid. So shy is just not a good word for us. We don't use it. We don't really like it when other people. So sometimes if somebody says, oh, is she just being shy? We say, no, no, no. She's She's not shy. She's not shy. She just needs some time to warm up. Um, Because quite often that's exactly what she needs. Usually Paxson needs about five minutes and then she is back to regular Paxton where she's just kind of taking it all in. She just needs a bit of time. So, um, yeah, we just kind of want to perhaps put a spotlight on the word shy or the language we use to describe our kids, because even if they were like there's situations where she's displaying the characteristics of being shy, Mm -hmm. right? I'm, I'm not, she is being quiet yeah or not yeah not wanting to make eye contact or yeah you know giving a wave instead of verbalizing hello or just needs a bit of time um and i just don't think yeah i don't think being described as shy or being told you're shy Mm -hmm. your whole life is is a positive way to be described Mm -hmm. you know it's no she's confident (laughs) she just she just needs some space and she needs a few minutes and i think when we I don't know where that one came from, especially with kids. Cause I think it comes from our adult need to like 
it's not me it's you know like I said hello and I'm friendly so she must be shy or you know like it's it's and I again we're not doing this intentionally this is just I think how this kind I think of it's like an accidental way to ease the tension yes even as the the parent like to sees their kid the quiet time like the the silent yes <laughs> the, the parent the, the kid is hugging the parent's leg and there's this need to describe what's happening mm-hmm. where you you know what I would say is again now what I'm trying to be better at is if, if I'm talking to another kid and let's just say they, they put their head down and they're kind of hugging their moms. And say, I, I would, what I'm trying to do now is say, oh, no worries. You can just say hi when you're ready. You know, or the parent, I'd say, hey, Pax, no worries. Like, just wave when you're ready. And then usually she waves. Like, yeah. But I just think, yeah, describing, you know, shy is the one we commonly use. Mm-hmm. But we would never constantly say to our kid, oh, they're, yeah, my kid's just dumb. Yeah, my kid's dumb. My kid's dumb. Like, that would be way, way over the line. So we, we don't use that word. Yeah. But shy is kind of like, it's not a very positive mm-hmm. word. But so the interesting thing is, through. is that I think if someone, you know, say a, a young child did go into a room and was like, hi, hi, we also wouldn't say, wow, like, you are so outgoing. Like, we, you know what I mean? That would just be seen as, like, normal. Like oh, they, they're it. saying hi because it's expected. Um, but, I mean, I think of myself. If I go into, let's just use okay, the Chamber of Commerce here. Um, what was it called? Chamber of Commerce? I feel like I'm saying that wrong. Anyways, um, say I go into this, you know, lunch luncheon event. I, I'm a, I would consider myself a fairly confident person. But what am I doing when I go into an event that has 80, you know, business people from Brandon? I am scanning the room, praying for a familiar face that I can go to, to get me out of that zone of like, oh my gosh, I don't know anyone here. Like, who do I talk to? Do you know? And I'm kind of giving the exact same little, okay, smile as Paxton would kind of like, hmm. So it's it just, it's just interesting because I think that reaction from a toddler is totally normal. Yeah. And she if, doesn't and if, know. And in this luncheon, 10 yeah. adults came up to you and go, oh, are you shy, Jen? Eventually you'd be like, listen up, everybody. <laughs> Zip it. I'm just <laughs> taking the room in. Can you just back off? I'm working the room. I'm yeah, working the room I'm, here. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the ones that yeah. we. So that, that's the one that comes to mind. I'm trying to think of other ones where, you know, I, I, first of all, I don't think you should use any word that isn't positive to describe yourself so definitely start there don't ever call yourself we talked about this don't call yourself stupid don't call yourself unathletic don't call yourself weak you know even if you wanted to for 20 minutes convince me and show me data that you're weak i'm still not going to agree with you Mm -hmm. okay okay so are you want to be stronger yep okay so let's start there like you don't don't you don't need to call yourself weak or anything so definitely don't do it to your kids and I think we're doing it unintentionally. Don't, don't, definitely don't do it to other kids. Um, but even sometimes with parents, like in joking, we'll say things like, oh yeah, my kid's clumsy. Uh, oh, my kid's unathletic. very unathletic. Yeah. They probably can't do that. You know, I think, you know, clumsy, not a positive word. Unathletic, slow, like, you know, I just... Picky it, eater is another yeah, one. Picky that. eater. Like just, if it's not a positive word... It just does not need to be said. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, if you kind of flipped the roles and thought about your partner or your best friend in life, that every time they introduced you, 
they said, yeah, she's, she's kind of clumsy. You know what I mean? Again, like you would just be like, oh, like that blow again just kind of comes out of nowhere. Even if one time, you know, you did something and it was really like funny and clumsy, you're kind of, I think kids or even adults, like you're at some point wanting to clean, like just wipe the slate clean. Like it's past. You want to move forward from that. So. And just because a kid doesn't play sports <laughs> yeah. doesn't make them non-athletic or unathletic mm-hmm. or, you know, just like it's just it, it really doesn't matter what the situation is. Just w- when a word is not if it's not positive to describe your kid or describe yourself, mm-hmm. it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think just um, hopefully there's some kids listening to, but mostly adults. I think we just, just yeah, and I and think I be think, aware of the language. Yeah. And I think it's, I think we're mostly referring to when the child is present, not to say that behind your child's back, you should say negative things. But of course, if you're speaking to family members or working through a tough situation, like these are all different things, but um, yeah, just it's crazy how often we hear it. And the picky eater one is, that one comes up a lot too. Yeah. And when someone like, if someone calls their kid shy, the, the alarm bell goes off in my head where I'm, I, 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 I don't like that word. Mm-hmm. I just, I let it go personally. I'm not walking on brand and trying to correct everyone's language. Like again, <laughs> to each their own, but I just, I really don't like it <laughs> when, when it's my kid. It's kind of, I feel like I'm responsible for mm-hmm. developing confidence and character. Mm-hmm. So if you use it around my kid, I'm probably going to try to politely correct you and say, nope, she's not shy. She just needs a minute and she'll be good to go. Yeah. I told my mom, my mom had Paxton in Winnipeg last week or a couple weeks ago. And I said, cause I knew what would happen. They'd go to my mom's gym there and people would say hello and probably they might get that reaction initially. And I, so I told my mom specifically like, if this happens, this is what I want you to say. Yeah, is is she shy? Is or are you shy? That's it's crazy how it's, it's like it's like way too common. Yes, because I knew I know that. Like yeah, I just, the other one that's funny too. If we're gonna just keep going here a bit, like this one will be more funny. But like, is she a, a good baby? Is he a good baby? I've heard that one <laughs> describing, and I feel we like that what if the lot. mom or dad was like bad baby, <laughs> just ev- ever since you know popped out of the you know <laughs> popped out of the vagina bad bad baby right away actually oh it's not a good baby not a good baby you know <laughs> what why do we ask if there's if they're a good baby that's yeah, a weird one that is a very weird one I, I always thought it was strange I didn't even know what to is she a good baby yeah well she's four weeks old and <laughs> she hasn't robbed 7-eleven yet so I <laughs> guess she doesn't have a criminal record yeah she's a good baby I suppose that we're asking she a good baby <laughs> but i think it's like on this notion that there's some babies that just eat and they just sleep they never cry and they're I never guess. i'm like that's not real like or where's the line in the sand of well <laughs> yeah. if they cry twice a day bad babies <laughs> i don't know it's so weird just uh, i agree weird question yeah um, that one is but yeah picky strange. eater is another one or you get that one like oh you know is she a good eater yeah good versus eater like yeah. picky eater and i think i just think it's funny because if you've been around a toddler, like I'm saying their likes and dislikes change almost by like the multiple times a day. Yeah. So I'm saying if you actually listen to them on, you know, what they're going to eat and not eat or 
that you're going to actually take that and like, oh, they don't like cucumbers anymore. I'm like, well, then all kids would be quote unquote picky. And they'd all be on the ice cream diet. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, we say quite often. Um, and again, these are this is just kind of how like we roll. Like when people ask us for advice, we just kind of mm-hmm. tell them what we do, what works for us. But, um, you know, we, we prepare like most of our meals are, are plate method style. So there's a veg there's a meat and there's a starch and it just kind of always goes on the plate. It's always the way it's, it's been. It goes on Paxson's plate and she'll say, I mean, this, this happens like weekly or daily. Yeah. I don't like broccoli anymore. And we'd say, Kate, sounds good. Just leave it there. Then don't eat it. And then 30 seconds later, she's eating it. Mm-hmm. She just, she, or almost, maybe, maybe she doesn't just, that day, but then two days later yeah. she, she says broccoli is her favorite thing. Yes. You know, like it's right. just, it constantly ebbs and flows. Like you, you can't, yeah. this is just public service announcement. You do not well, she said she, take I, their I don't word like, on anything. Yeah. I don't like fries. Oh, you don't like fries. No, I don't like, I don't like fries or potatoes anymore. <laughs> then the next day she, again, she might only eat the fries and potatoes. So yeah. I'm just saying we can't really, you know, take Don't, too yeah, much stock into yes, yes exactly we, but we've also seen on the adult end of it that when you've been told your entire life that you are a picky eater like i have adults that say yeah i'm i'm a really picky eater i'm like what what does that even mean like it just what does that mean you know what i mean you don't like but there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of different vegetables and foods and meats and this so i'm like does that mean you only like 10 out of like a yeah. thousand or actually all find what we i'm like i'm pretty like sure you like. can yeah. just because you're not eating you know octopus doesn't make you a piggy eater yes like, correct if you can you don't have to like sushi yes exactly yeah it's just but yeah i, yeah. Yeah, I think just the, an eater yes is she a good eater um i don't like that one because again eating is not a competition mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um you know now we're shifting a, maybe more into like long-term lifestyle habits but mm-hmm. um or praising oh you're such a good eater yeah. you're such a good eater it's like no it, just an eater or just eating just, it's just eating just, it's just, di- just f- dinner here food fuel <laughs> yeah. like yeah. there's no reward there's no gold star star for eating like that's getting into dangerous territory for yeah yeah, yeah. so we kind of just we just yeah we just gotta i think we just gotta watch our language um because I, I think we're no one needs to feel bad i think we can just be better moving forward i was perhaps the same way too till i started to whatever ever since having a kid or starting to notice it but um yeah we just things just kind of go on the plate and we eat till our belly is full we've never we don't say things to packs like you got to finish your plate you got to finish mm-hmm. your plate it just kind of goes on there and we yeah just we could probably do a whole podcast on yeah just kids nutrition we'll go on that one yeah another one but yeah anyway um yeah anything else you want to add there on the no, I love it. I feel like common theme today is just yeah. you're in the driver's seat and yeah, we could try finish. new things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we could finish with, um, you know, as adults and parents, we get really worked up about our kids and our kids' behavior. And sometimes I want to say, you know, and we could say this to ourselves too, but what are you doing? You know, we get very worked up about our kids' screen time. How's your screen time doing? You know, we get very worked up about our kids' performance in sports and their working out. What What's your working out look like? Like sometimes I think we, we, we should stop being so demanding 
of our kids and, and these expectations through the roof when um, perhaps we're not leading the best we can lead. Mm-hmm. And I think even with eating, I'm like, we've heard this, Jen, um, hundreds of times about when, when the parents start eating plate method style and start cooking more vegetables and, and putting them on the plates. They're like, oh, my kids are loving it. Now they love. Yeah. I'm like, it's because you're doing it. Like, like you said, the, the kids idolize the parents. Yes. So step one, everybody, is you start leading by example and just don't don't announce it. You don't have to mm-hmm. hold a, a town hall <laughs> meeting at your house. Be like, attention, everybody. I'm going to start walking more or eating more. Just just start doing it and watch how people. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be overnight. Yeah. It's it's over time. Even but your spouse, you know, g- guys are fairly stupid. You could, you could trick us quite easily. <laughs> you you don't you don't have to get on your your husband about whatever moving more. Like I'm saying, usually as the meals start getting prepared better, I, I'm just making fun of guys because I'm a guy. Um, like even you know I'm saying the kids and the spouses, guys or girls, like typically we just follow along. Um, so for yeah, guys yes. preparing meals or the ladies. Just if you just start kind of working on yourself a bit um, or focusing on yourself, right? If you're the grown up in the house, like you're the leader of the house. Um, well, ultimately, if you're feeling good, that is an infectious kind of feeling to be around. And so I think naturally people will gravitate to, oh, like, you know, what are they doing? Or, oh, they're like, I don't know. It just becomes the way it's yes. like Mandalorian. It just becomes the way it yeah. doesn't have to be a thing. Yes. But I think, you know, parents, I had this conversation with someone that, you know, kids are draining and not in a bad way, but they require inputs, right? For us, it's like a withdrawal. Like they require quite a bit of inputs. And then sometimes you get some um, deposits back, but as a parent of a young child, it's mostly withdrawals. Um, and I think sometimes we might forget how much they worship the ground that you walk on and how much they love you and that they see that everything that you do is just the way for them. That is how it is. It doesn't matter what you're saying. It's just what you do and how you live your life. That is their normal. That is their baseline. That is their yes. go-to. And so if you work out you know I got kids at the gym in the kids area following along doing burpees with their mom or dad just because their mom or dad are doing it they don't even know what they're doing it's just so fun because their mom and dad are doing it it's the same with veggies it's the same with yeah it's not about what you like what you just said there it's it's not about what you're saying or what you're trying to say to your kids it's mm-hmm. what are you doing lead by example lead with your actions they're watching you more than you could possibly know mm-hmm. and they're absorbing through watching your behavior. They're not absorbing through lectures. Yeah. <laughs> and we think, we think, yeah. Um, you want your kid to go outside more? You should go outside more. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the simple one there is, is start there. Um, and yeah, watch how people will follow along. I think it's it's the best gift of having, and I, you don't even have to be a parent. If you have any children, nieces, nephews, friends, kids in your life, it kind of gives you this opportunity to be the best slash a better version of yourself 
you know, for me, I don't love snorkeling. I get a little bit freaked out by fish kind of all directions. I can't really control where they are. They might touch my foot or finger. Um, so I did a little bit, I'm getting better. I've, I do put myself out there. However, when I go with Paxton, I will absolutely not pass that ridiculous fear onto her. So I will just go in the water and I will just suck it up and hyperventilate under my snorkel mask. (laughs) But it's a wonderful opportunity to me, for me to be forced to be brave in that situation because I just, I refuse to, there's no reason for me to even vocalize that. Yeah. When I was a kid, I mean, probably still am, but really don't love spiders. I'm learning to love spiders. That's good language. Bees. But now I don't like, I don't want packs to get that. So I've, I've, I've picked up spiders inside the house and carried them outside kind of to show packs that they're nothing to be afraid of. And the funny thing is actually when I do that now, (laughs) like I'm actually like bees, like I can, I can let a bee land on me now and and I'm okay with it. I'm like 51% okay. (laughs) I won't freak out. I'll let it happen. But it, it, then it shows her like, cause now she, she thinks spiders and bees are cool. So sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's an irrational fear. Yeah. I definitely don't want to pass it on like the fish thing. Yeah. The little fish in Maui don't. And something, I, I think some things we're a lot more cognizant of than others that we're, you know, passing along. But ultimately, your mood, your demeanor, your yes. language to other people in your household is all being passed along and kind of modeled on a daily basis. So yeah, everything you do or say, like you said, they're worshiping the ground you walk on. So, um, yeah, show them the way. Love that. Good. Love it. All right, everybody. Have a fantastic rest of your day, week, or month. Um, It's not a busy week. Next week's not a busy week. It's just life. Enjoy it. just keep going. See you next time. Thanks again for joining us for another episode. We want to give a quick shout out to the artist Quixotic for letting us use this awesome music. Our goal with this podcast is to help as many people as possible. So if you're enjoying it, then don't forget to leave us a rating, a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for your support. Until next time, stay strong, stay healthy, and stay happy.